And we're back. Thanks for that quick commercial break. And we were just talking about the governor's beer. And I've had it before. <laughs> You've had it before. You, you you are looking a little bit peculiar. So yeah, it's uh yeah, it's a five point sixer. Um and it is it's got a little oh, you can't really see it, but you well, you're looking at it on your phone, but there's that. Is it St. Arnold's Brewing or something near you? Oh, oh the gov knows yeah. about St. Arnold. Yeah. Yeah, it looks at it's similar. It is. It he's is. got a beard and he's on his knees, so maybe you never know. <laughs> maybe they were influenced by him, this fellow. Who is he? Yeah. <laughs> no. no, it's that's good. Well, it's an old brewery, isn't it? I mean, I thought I was old, but I was very surprised. I guess the coach is a baby in comparison. Well, you do look like a baby, so. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, <laughs> well it's brewery. It's younger than us. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant him himself. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, man, I'll take that. that I'll take that all day long. <laughs> I, I know the, the ref and I aren't far apart in age. It's a month, right? We are a, yeah. we are 19, a month apart. We're in 1978. On oh, the year behind. Oh, so next year I could be. Oh, it's happening. Oh, shit. No, I don't know. My dad's 78. He's got full head of hair. So Good for you. Yeah. Let's yeah. see. So yeah, that, um, this is also known as Old Peculiar for many, many years locally was known, and we're probably talking about the 1800s here, as Lunatic's Broth, which I quite like that as a beer. I think that's quite a nice sounding like the old version of Stella. <laughs> so it says here, Old Peculiar is possibly one of the country's most well-known and loved ales. That's it. Does that sound about right? It's it says it's the epitome of the greatest of British brewing tradition. And then it is, it's you know, it's a brown and I'm gonna call it a brown ale, even though it's a ruby red. It's it's a brown ale from Yorkshire, and you can't get more British than that. Yeah, you know? on untapped they call it an old ale. Does that sound familiar? Well, it is the same ale that they that they brewed all the way back then and the the family, this is the fifth generation, and they go all the way back to the uh, founding father of the brewery, which is Robert Theakston, and it's now five generations on, and Simon Theakston still runs it. So that's quite amazing, really. That's, when you think yeah. about that's, uh, that's what's happening with Yingling here in the States, and uh, it's really cool to see that carry on yeah. and carry on. Yeah, yeah, just carrying on. And I think I've reviewed Yingling before, right? It's on here, and it's a very old brewery. Uh, well, it's old, the oldest brewery in the United States. It is, it is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And they are, yeah. I don't think that's the oldest brewery in the UK, though, right? Because we've we've uh, we've done older. No, I cut. You know, I we had it in a quiz, didn't we? And I guessed it right, but my yeah. wife overruled me. <laughs> what is it? It's um. That's just the way. It wasn't Samuel yeah. Smith's, was it? It wasn't. No, Samuel. no, no. It was. I said it, and, and it, you know, as I was writing this earlier, I thought, oh, it's not as old as Thingy, which is like seventeen hundred or something. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll I'll have a look in a minute. Tell us about your beer, Coach. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's learn more about that. Bit of spiel on that. Well, I didn't know I was supposed to do a lot of research on it. I'm going to tell you, it's freaking phenomenal. <laughs> um, like I said, in another in another month, 
maybe a couple weeks, it's going to start losing the freshness. Lagunitas, um, I believe it started in Petaluma, California. I know they've got um, a spot in Chicago now. This is just off top of my but head. Didn't keep um, though to the Chicago. Uh, you know, location. I think it was um, James. James went oh, to the James, Petaluma yeah, and Fred, fell in yeah. love with Lagunitas. Lagunitas, um, for most of their stuff, is priced very fairly. They don't do, I know they don't do a ton of marketing. Um, it's a lot of kind of like word of mouth and that's what helps keep their costs down. Do um, they do a tequila flavored beer? Lagunitas? Yeah. I don't know. Because I'm sure we've got, I'm sure my wife picked up some, I'm sure it's Lagunitas. I'm sure we picked do, it up over do here. Get quite a, do y'all get quite a bit of beer from the US over there? It's well, getting bigger. It, I mean, I, I think I've seen Lagunitas in Sainsbury's when I came over. I kind yeah, of I'm sure that's where she got it. I'm sure, so, I'm sure it is, yeah. Maybe you yeah. she works there, didn't she? Or she did, she gave up now. Um, the oldest brewery in the UK, Shepherd's Name. Chalk it up. 1698. Still still operating? Still operating with a famous beer. they got uh, Spitfire, which I've had, and they have got Bishop's Finger. Which, okay, what uh, is that? What's it called again? Shepherd, Shepherd Neem. And Neem is N E A M E. Never heard of that brew. I swear we've talked about it before, but for me, it's like drawing a blank. I'm like, what the heck? It doesn't. Oh, no, I've had Bishop's Finger. That's one of my dad's favorites. And this is, this is the same style as these type of beers, you know, old, yeah. simple, simple beers, but great tasting. We mentioned you know, a lot day. of like their their beers with the highest check-ins are like an English bitter, yeah, um, a strong bitter, a pale ale, a stout, golden ale, strong ale, winter ale. Bishop's um, finger on there. Bishop's oh finger is on there. Yeah, it's an extra special strong bitter. Yeah, forty-two thousand people have checked it in out of um, Faversham, Kent, England. Okay, you know, that's that's yeah. where they come yeah. from. Okay, Kent. yeah, it's Kent, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, it's an old part of the world, and you can see it starting out somewhere like Kent has been one of the yeah. older ones. That well, style Kent. of beer, it seems very well suited for a kind of colder, wet environment. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. well, when they brewed that, you know, it's 1698, you know, it was a different world back then. They were still able to burn coal and peat. Not any longer. Yeah, fighting off plagues. Yeah. yeah. That's because I've been to the oldest pub in England. I don't know if I ever told you that, Governor. Um, I think I've told the coach. Yeah, where is it? It's in Nottingham and it's called the Old uh, Road to Jerusalem. And it's essentially built into the wall of Nottingham Castle. It's right below it. There's several claims to be the oldest, but I, I'm going to go with that one because I've been to it. And it was, I believe it was like 1260 or 1250 or something like that. And it's just, you, it's tiny. It's just like you're going into a cave. Yeah. Um, pretty good. I mean, it's cool. It's a, it looks a big old building from the outside, but when you go in, it's just a hovel. But you wonder, don't you, those beers back then, what they would have served in that tavern, if you will, obviously never survived the course and... Well, they used to serve beer and mead back then in the, 
like you're talking about the 1200s and that because it was cleaner than drinking the water That's it right. was safe so, it was safer, safer. to drink yeah. beer yeah definitely what oh, a time <laughs> have y'all I, I believe it's dogfish head that gets the dna from some of these old relics yeah, right and re recreates the beer from oh cool have you heard of that gov no i haven't no let's uh i'll the ref will do a little research on that i want to say dogfish head is one of the ones that that did that they actually got the dna from some of these old i don't know if they were um chalices or whatever but they recreated uh -huh. these recreated you know, that, that, that reminds me of when i it was months ago and we mentioned it they uncovered a brewery in egypt the start of this year and they are trying to recreate like you're saying from the remnants of a the bottom of a pot or something they found they're trying to uh, get the recipe as close to that and see what the what they were brewing up it's That's amazing really yeah I, I you know you might be let down a little bit right but uh that's why those were walking like that <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great go uh, on then let's have a bit of the old japanese okay is, that, is it a beer or lager i can't turn in japanese i think i'm turning japanese i really i really think so, think so. <laughs> I, that was the first record i ever had actually it was a single for some reason that I I'd love to see a Welshman in Japan. That would be awesome. The Taft's that's Travels. A, that's a great name for a beer, a Welshman in Japan. Yeah. Well, you, uh, we need to give somebody the idea, maybe some sponsorship if somebody's listening. Um, but it is a lager. It's a pay lager. That's what it's classified as. And, yeah, it's it's like I said before, this, this brewery, it's called Kieran Brewery Company. And they are based out of, let me see, Spring Valley is the name of the place. And it is ooh, Yokohama, which yes. is a, a city on the, the east coast of Japan, kind of central to the Southern Island. I think they do the triathlon in Yokohama, I think. Oh, okay. I've heard of it. You know, I've not been, not yet, but it's, it's on my bucket list. But I yeah. want to go to Japan. My, kid, my son is desperate to go there. He loves Godzilla. And if you want to research something fun for Christmas, look for the Godzilla Christmas tree. It is in one of the malls out there, shopping centres. It is incredible. Have a look at that later. That's one for you. Did you, did you oh, guys... Sorry, sorry Rob, I've interrupted. No, sorry. no. I, I was wondering if you guys... Uh, I'm sure you remember, Coach, as well. We used to watch the Godzilla cartoon. And back in the the day and it was godzuki as well the little one do you remember that i do now when you mentioned the little one that jogged my memory i just remember godzilla the the countless movies and i had a godzilla toy which i still have um and you press the button on the arm and it shoots its fist out and then you pull the little trigger on the back and the tongue comes out and i've had that thing for ever right the tail's broken or whatever my mom sent me this thing. She's like, yeah, these are selling online for like three, yeah. $400. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? It's going to Bodie. I mean, he'll have a broken Godzilla toy that shoots his hand out. But yeah, we, we bought, well, we've probably got, we got a King Kong that's about that big. And then we've got three or four Godzillas. And I managed to get one for him from 1985. And back then, 
they, the toys were properly made thick plastic that lasts forever not like now where they just make to break but yeah we got quite a few of them bloody things at our house yeah. <laughs> and with four kids got so many toys it's incredible oh well uh, the coach actually gave me um a castle gray skull from the 80s for oh. uh for bumble i think i i don't know if i told you my brother uncle snappy bumble but i took it home for him and he's got it up in his little uh games room now but it could have given that to me because i was he-man obsessed were you obsessed i'm just glad i had the duvet cover that my wife made last year into a dress (laughs) (laughs) i can't get into it now i put on a bit of weight but yeah it was lovely at the time i I went through i went through my old toys and i was like i don't I don't want to sell this. I don't want to do that. And then when Marco came to the house, he saw it and he's just like, Oh, my brother would love this. I was like, I'd rather go to somebody that's going to appreciate it. And- I always want, I never got Castle Grayskull. I had a load of them, but I remember as a kid, I used to, cause the, the bodies were plastic, but the heads were like rubber. Rubber. Yeah. And I used to just oh. eat like my yeah. He-Man's got half a head. Cause I used to just chew it when I was like four years old or something. Yeah, and you can interchange the heads and no. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you look now and if you find these toys in the packages, they're worth hundreds, thousands of dollars. I'm like, what? And it's fun. It's people trying to recreate their past, right? They're just trying to buy a bit of nostalgia. So uh, the coach has got a bunch of garbage pail kids. So he said he'd give me some of his doublers at some point. Oh, yeah. you just got to come over bring some beer and we'll go through that stuff go. i got time my, my, my son he collected the last one which was over here they relaunched them for oh UK, yeah and, and and he collected the last set which was about two years ago and um you don't get gum in the packs no more no Oh, what? Really? When did that happen? And I think you get less cards. Everything's gotten more expensive and you get less return on. That's exactly right. Like crisps. Yeah. But anyway, we went down a shop called KK's and you used to buy a packet. And back then it was the Adam, Adam, Adam bomb, the black packet. And you used to get a stick of bubble gum, which was hard and good. Oh yeah. And like six or seven cards for about 50 pence now no i remember do you remember the joe blow with the bazooka gum yeah yeah oh, oh man yeah yeah the, oh, the, the, gum is lovely. oh it's it's probably health and safety now you can't package gum with uh cards or some shape like that uh, it's probably yeah. hurting their return on investment i think so there was a there was a shop there's a there's a place in north devon called ilfracoon and there was a shop there for many years it's shut in the last couple of years but it just sold american confectionery so you could go in there and get anything that you can get obviously they where you might pay i don't know a dollar for something it was like two quid over here but it was nice because you could get the one that we like over here that they don't sell in the shops is the what's it called it's like the cherry or is it cinnamon chewing gum you know, you can get okay, it. So there was Very one red. called Cineburst where back in the day, they claimed that you could actually eat the wrapper with the gum. Do y'all ever hear about that? Uh, no. 
Oh yeah, Cinnaburst. Do do a little research on that. Yeah, and it yeah. had like little cinnamon crystals in it. And you would yeah. eat the gum and they're like, oh, you can, you can just chew the wrapper with it. And it would make the gum just terrible, but you could. It would just kind of <laughs> dissolve right into the gum. But yeah, cinnamon, but you may be thinking of Big Red. Big Red, that's Oh it. yeah, oh, that's a drink in it. Well, it's a gum and a drink. Oh, okay. oh yeah. is this it made in been, Texas, right? Well, the drink is yeah. The drink is made in Texas, and it's uh, big red and barbacoa is what people like to eat, which is um, cowhead, which is meat, right? So, yeah. But the big red gum is a whole different thing. Yeah. It's not the same company. No, I don't. I don't oh. believe so. Oh, okay. I have to apologize here to the ref because me and the coach have been happily talking about sweets from the 1980s and what we used to buy and of course living in wales he only used to have either a choice of an onion a leek a bit of coal or if he was lucky he got to lick the pavement <laughs> no i take great offense to that because we did have one other sweet and it was the black japs <laughs> but I thought, the closest thing cold. to coal you could get. <laughs> Don't like, tell me it was black licorice. Yes. Yes, it was. Oh, so every other country sent their black licorice there because nobody wants black licorice. Apart from Norwegians, they go mad on licorice, Norwegians, don't oh. they? Oh, if you, yeah. If, like you my... told, um, if you told the coach about licking the pavement, does he know oh, about no. that? So, uh, I if you'd say sidewalk over there, lick the sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah, I'm licking the sidewalk. Is that my good accent, <laughs> coach? I, no, but my, my grandmother used to say to me, if you lick that pavement every single day, you'll be as fit as a fiddle. You'll never get any colds or anything like that. I used to get a cold every other week, I swear. And I, well... I did, but did you lick the pavement? No, I didn't. I didn't listen. Well, there you go then. So she was right. She was right. That's that's where that comes from. And uh, I, well, I won't bring the other thing. What my aunties used to tell me if I was. Hey guys, I, I gotta go on pause real quick. Okay. Yeah. And the coach is gone for momentarily. I don't know what happened, but he will be back with us in the office. In the office. Did the coach used to be? Did he used to be a fireman? The coach used to be a, a coast guard. So oh, I was going to say, because you can say what you want. You can apply as many times as you want. You're never going to be one. <laughs> fireman. But no, fireman. He, fireman. But no, he was, he was actually... Um, uh, in Where? The, you live in land. Uh, we do, but what the coach used to do, and he'll tell us this, you know, he used to drive down every weekend to the coast, and it's a two and a half hour drive to do his service. What, down in Corpus? Is that, is that the yeah, coast? Yeah, it's, it's in Corpus Christi. And yeah, he, um, he do, and they have a base there, you know, like a military place that you can stay at. I'm back with another oh. beer. Okay, oh, we, were talk we were talking about oh. your uh, military service coach. And oh, you yeah. know, thank you for that. Yeah. 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 I did uh, 20, 22 years in the Coast Guard. So, uh, um, even though San Antonio is about two and a half hours from the coast, I would, uh, I was stationed down in Port Aransas area, Corpus area. So, two and a half, three hours. And 
um, as a reservist, I'd go, you know, one week in a month. And then on when I was on active duty, I just lived down in the Gulf. I went up to New York City after 9-11. Um, I went up to the Canadian border, um, in North New York, um, got to do a lot of stuff, search and rescue, mostly towards the end. Most of my career was, uh, drug enforcement, law enforcement. So um, when you went to New York, what, obviously it was after 9-11, what, what was your role? So that, uh, we're riding a lot of ferry boats. Um, New York has a ton of ferry boats going, you know, just people commuting into town. Um, it's really just presence, just being right. there. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, we were in all of our uh, SWAT gear. We had all of our long arms, pistols, all that. And it was more of a, um, as I got older and realized kind of what we were doing there, it's just more to make people feel good, you know. Make them feel um, safe, the New Yorkers. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, oh, and it was, uh, it was pretty powerful, you know, to be there after that. Um, it was a time in the States when military was really appreciated the the country was totally united um you know i was a, i was a kid I, I mean i was at that time i was 20 22 23 and i was just like trying to understand what was happening why yeah. we were up there but um but it was cool you know uh really good times i made a lot of just lifetime friendships being on the water was fantastic and yeah and I, that's one thing i i miss i miss being on the water I miss the I miss the camaraderie. Uh, I miss the the guys, but you know, I mean, they're nothing like my my brothers at home. But I really miss the water. I miss being on the water, and I, I love where we live. But yeah. um, it's one reason I'd like to travel up to Seattle because as much as I miss the water, I don't know how it is where y'all live. When I was working on the Mexican border, it was 110, 115 degrees at times, mm -hmm. and just tough so when i'm up in seattle and i'm on the water it's maybe 40 degrees 50 degrees 60 degrees it's just gorgeous i can do See, that where, all day long where i was uh, brought up it was inland by i suppose like the river thames which flows through london it goes out and then there's a place called south end i suppose that was our closest you call it coastal resort but really it was right on the estuary of the thames that was probably 40 minute drive, something like that. But as soon as I went to university, Aberystwyth in Wales, where I met a ref um, and we lived right by the sea, I just knew then I've got to be near the sea. Yeah. So they're not, I, not I for surfing, not for surfing, anything like that. I just love the landscape. The, I wonder the, if there's something in your heritage or blood that pulls you to that. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I, 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 I feel it's the, the same the Mariner's way. way. It, it is the Mariner's way. It's the same for me. I mean, it, it, this has been probably, I, I always list what I miss the most about being here in Texas, in Central Texas. And well, number one I'm, is me. Number one is me, obviously. <laughs> What's number two? <laughs> uh, probably my family. And uh, number three, maybe my <laughs> The family. And the and the, oh, it goes the gov carlin then the family the gov the pabs the carlin the family the c so maybe it's number five or maybe the c and then the family so 
but it is so hard. It is very hard. And I, I was telling the governor when he paused that you used to travel every weekend to. Uh, yeah, well, you know, this yeah. the summer's the summer's going to be nice because, you know, the ref's going to have a lot much easier time once his house is done and everything's settled in. We're going to actually get to go down to Padre because I have friends down there. We're going to get to go surfing. Yeah. And it's going to be. It'll be nice. That's know. not me. That's Jez is coming over, right? To do some oh, surfing. Oh, Jez is, yeah. Yeah, Jez is coming up from the uh, Sheffield. Well, he's, he's an inland surfer, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's Sheffield. He, 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 he inland surfs the rivers in Sheffield in Yorkshire. And so, uh, now, this, this morning was my... Um, that, today was my day off. So uh, my wife's doing a university course on a Tuesday, which is why my day off is a Tuesday. And I've got my youngest girl, he's four, all the others are at school. She goes to like preschool like three days a week. But today, I, it was just me and her. So dropped all the others at school and then 10 minutes and I was on the beach. We went to the beach. We do it every week, every Tuesday, 10 minutes, go to the beach. It was cold today, so it was only there for like half an hour. But just to, I mean, just walking along an empty beach through the oh, driftwood is lovely. Yeah. I love it. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. Something special. Really good. Um, anyway, um, we probably have to move on, folks. And we, yeah, we do, do, do we want to um, go to our last segment, our special not, segment? Not quite. Yeah. Well, I was going to list a couple more beers from my. Yeah, one, definitely. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. Feakston have got. Um, They've got a new stout out, or it's fairly recent, called Barista Stout. They've got the Best Bitter. They've got Lightfoot, which is a blonde ale. They've got a pale ale and an, another ruby, which is called XB. They've also ventured into food a little bit, like cheeses and things like that. You can go to the historic brewery, uh, which is over or nearly 200 years old, on a brewery tour. That will cost you like £13 almost for an adult, about eight quid for a kid, and you get a pint included with that. Oh, um, nice. Okay. And they've got a big visitor centre there, and there the water they use for brewing is from the well on site, which is pretty cool. Nice. Pretty traditional, isn't it? So, Gov, looking at these Thigston beers, um, mm -hmm. it goes back to the whole ABV thing we're talking about. I'm scrolling through on Untapped, which I know you're not on, which you'll one day. Uh, they have 137 beers on Untapped. Yeah. And when I'm going through their beers, you're talking like 4 4.5, 4.1, 4.5, 5, 4.3.9, 3.5. I mean, to find a 3.5 over here is is really difficult. It's 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 difficult. Um, they're stout 4.5. Um, so I think a lot of it goes back to what um, that podcast that you're going to listen to tomorrow, the, for every decimal increase in ABV, there's a, there's a tax on that. Right. So that's, um, I, I wonder if, if we could go head to head with some of the U S beers and the beers where you're living ABV, I feel like you have to make a better product if I mean you have to be really concerned if you're like if I know I have a four to five percent ABV my product better be on point we're over here it's like oops it's an additional one or two percent nobody cares 
See, my my theory on it was, and I think we mentioned it in, I don't know if we were talking off camera before, but or maybe one of the other podcasts we did was, my theory was that the lower the APV over here, the more drinks they sell. It's like a mindset, like because when we used to go drinking, um, well. You know, if we were still going drinking and drinking lagers, like we had, we as we forementioned before, we were lager louts in our twenties. Yeah, we would drink eight to ten pints of beer. Yeah, and that's mainly. But you couldn't drink eight to ten pints beer that were eight nine percent. You'd be so fucked. You're you're absolutely <laughs> right. There's there's a point where it's like you would prefer your customer to buy more beers. However, exactly. with a lager it takes a lot longer to brew. So that lager has to sit there, whereas an IPA, you can whip them through. Mm. Pale yeah. ale, you can go through. A lager has to sit there. And I'm not a brewing expert, but I understand what you're saying makes sense. If I had a lot of beers that were lower ABV and really good flavor, I could just keep moving them and sell yeah. more product, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we you know, we can talk about the, what, what we think is the business of beer. That that could be a whole nother episode because yeah, we clearly, we're, we clearly we're aren't in that business. But uh, I mean, the fact that we're not in it means we have all the answers. I know. We'll definitely do that. Um, I'm not going to name any. I, I'll just name a quick few. They do a, um, a stout called Ichiban Shibari Stout. And they also do an IPA called Grand Kieran IPA. That's it. Good brewery. Um, and Ref, have, have you had them before? No, Karen? no. The only time I've heard of it was through um, Kit's dad, who was out in Japan for a year. He lived out there, and he told me about this brewery. And he used to drink it back in the sixties, um, you know. So it's it's kind of that's all I know about it. So I know. I, I want to say one night when we went out, um, the four of us to get sushi, that we may have had a Kieran. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's another there's another Japanese beer with a little bird on the on the. End oh the yeah, I, that's what I was trying to tell the guy in the in the place. There was one with an owl on it, and he didn't not know what I was on. Yeah, about. I'll, 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 I'll find that one for you. Yeah. Um, do you want to list any beers, or should we move on? Hey, this is y'all's baby. Y'all move on. Do your thing. Move on. Go on. All right. So we're gonna... I've seen it. We the thing flashed up. We're limited for time before the final commercial break, so this is what we do at the end, and it's a special one just for the coach. Quickly, who are you? It's drags of the week. What's your drag, coach? Oh man, I got a hundred of them. But you know what? Let me let me let me talk about the untapped thing because I I think there is real value in this. But again, if you, if you don't like a style of beer, then I don't think you should really judge it, you know? And because knowing a lot of head brewers, they put a ton of effort out in what they do. So if I were to go in there and a beer that I know I don't like that style and I drink it and I give it a 0.5 because I hate it, well, it, it's bringing that scoring down and it may impact somebody from, you know, drinking that beer in the future. So, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, yeah. you know. So it's uh, because yeah. I mean, it's a personal thing. It's it's an art form, and and 
just because yeah. it's not your style, I don't think you should necessarily rate it. And I don't know if that's the the, the type of drag you're looking for, but to me, it's more oh. like if you know, I uh, my my scores are are much like much like the rest. They're usually pretty high. They're typically higher if I'm drinking with friends and the environment. But um, you know, if it's a good beer, then it's a good beer, and and if it's an okay beer, then it's still might be worth drinking to somebody you know yeah i think i agree with that i think that um the society we live in as a as a world as a whole it's it's always about judging everything you know it's about oh my beer is better than your beer and like you mentioned earlier you know people sneering at other people almost if they didn't know what was in a beer but people go to there's people i know that wouldn't touch a stout so if you gave them a stout and said right you've got to rate it now that's disgusting i don't want to drink that and you're exactly right it's not fair that it impacts the people that have made it unless it's some really piss awful beer that's made you sick or you know not not in the in the thing that you didn't well, if, if they completely missed on the mark and yeah. and you went to the brewery and you knew that that beer was old or something like that then maybe so and that's the conversation with the brewer the people working there but yeah you're right i i think uh everyone wants to have a voice you know and, and they feel that their voice is so important but i mean know, I, I met i met a guy i don't know if you heard the podcast back in the summer we called it, I think, actually, the ref called it the Law of Lawrence, which is this yeah, yeah. eccentric brewer that I met who lives well, about three miles from here. And he brews beer and he hates craft beer scene. He hates pretty, he hates camera, which is the campaign for real ale. He hates pretty much everything apart from what he brews. And, um, but he's an interesting guy and he, and he can brew. He's, he, and he said that he hates it when people go down there. He has English, that's why he called his beer English standard. He said, it's just standard. It's just British bitter. It's standard. And he said, um, he hates it when he pours a pint in a Duckworth. That, that oh, yeah. Left there to drink yeah. out. Duckworth. Duckworth pint. Yeah. And he said, before the person's tasted it, they said, oh, that's a good beer, that. And he says, how the fuck do you know that that's a good beer? You've not tasted it. He said, I might have been off that day. You might have had a rough day. He said, don't tell me my beer is good without tasting it. He's like, (laughs) so. So I remember that episode. And what's funny is that brought up. It made me think of one brewery in particular, Chuckanut Brewery out of it's north of Seattle. And the the owner of Chuckanut, the head brewer, he does lagers, pilsners, calls, whatever. He doesn't do IPAs. But at the same time, he doesn't shit on IPAs. He's like, I just don't do them. And Chuckanut does some of the cleanest, best lagers and pilsners in the United States. I mean, Chuckanut, every beer I've had from them is an absolute five. It's just gold, but it's not crazy fancy or anything like that. But when I see the, the interviews and stuff, he doesn't shit on IPAs and all that. And I, and I appreciate that. I was like, do you do this? You know what you're really good at? Yeah, right. Stick with it and let everyone else do their, their own thing, you know? Um, I don't know. Like I said, it, if you can go to a place like, you know, Siblo Creek or Weathered Souls or the places we're accustomed to, 
and nobody's pretentious and people are there kind of building up the community. I know in, in Bernie, where I live, Bernie, Texas, there's going to be four breweries within 500 yards of each other. It's yeah. the closest breweries in the state of Texas. And the minute they announced a new brewery, every other brewery was congratulating them, trying to do collaboration beers. Um, it's a beautiful thing. It's like, look, man, all we're going to do is bring more people in the community to drink beer and have a good time. Right. So it's not a competitive, it's not judgmental. And I think, I mean, none of us are head brewers, none of us run a brewery, but that's the kind of environment I think we all want to be in. Right. I mean, we want to be in a, with people that are like-minded and uplifting and every, it's not a zero sum game. Everybody can win. That's a good note to end on, I think. And yeah, if we can have a quick rating, because we're running out of time. So what do you have for yours, coach? What's your Which rating? One? The first uh, one? <laughs> the second one? I will tell you, this, this Lagunitas, um, it's usually about a 4.5. But since I was with the Draymond today, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 5. 5. Do you know oh, what? No, no, no. The mark is out of 10. The mark is out of 10. Oh, coach. yeah. Oh, well, then 11. <laughs> oh, wow. Do you know <laughs> what? That's, that's very good. And this has been a phenomenal lager from Japan. And I'm going to go straight in with a... I go with a 10. It's the first ever for me. A 10 for this wonderful lager. And Governor, before we go, <laughs> I know... Right, old peculiar. There's nothing peculiar about this. I'll be getting another one. Well, I've had this before, of course I have. But uh, it's I ain't going to give it a 10. It's a 9. It's a lovely beer. It's a staple of Britain. You can't go wrong with it. 10? What the fuck are you talking about? I, I'm oh. very influenced by the flow of things and the company. <laughs> and I really da- actually enjoyed it. It's on the level with Carlin for sure. So, yeah. Well... Hey, I, I, man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate being the first guest on this awesome podcast. I had a great time. I hope you'll invite me Most back. Most welcome. You come back again anytime. Yeah, we're going to redo it again. And thank you for enjoying us. We've had a wonderful time. And um, we will bid you fond farewell, Dre Barrows, and Tara from all of us. Cheers. Ta-ta.